Broadcasting from the Young Idea Studios at Guest and Gray, this is KFNY, True Texas Radio. Good morning and welcome to Dig Deep. My name is Stephen Carroll and I'm here with you every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. And so we're so thankful that you have joined in with us again this morning here on True Texas Radio. And as always, thankful for KFNY and their vision to have a program like this on the station each week. And I'm super thankful that you joined in with us this week. If it's your first time, welcome. We're glad you're here and glad you have joined in with us. For you guys that are joining each week, we hope that this is a blessing to you. And as always, man, want to hear feedback from you. would love to hear how the Lord uh, is using this in your life or maybe how you've been encouraged by something you've heard. And if there's something we can pray for you about, we would love to do that. If you'll simply go to www.wedigit.org, we dig it, .org, uh, you can fill out a, a contact information deal a page there, and you can send me uh, some information about you or a question you've got, a prayer request you may have. would love to hear from you. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Facebook, just look up Stephen Carroll, Stephen with a V, Carroll with two R's and two L's. And it's also on the uh, KFNY homepage, www.truetexasradio.com. So you can check it out there. Also on Twitter, at StephenCarroll77. Would love to have you follow us there as well. Thankful always for our sponsors uh, that help dig deep air each week and help us uh, spread the good news that we know about Jesus Christ and about what he's done in our lives and just a positive message with you each week. And Miss Molly Pennington with Premier Legacy Real Estate is uh, one of our sponsors. And super thankful for her. Uh, Molly is a great lady here in Forney, Texas, and in the Dallas area. And also Miss Angie Carricker with the Mike Mazik Group here in Dallas. And uh, thankful for these ladies and for their support of what we do here at uh, on Dig Deep on True Texas Radio each week. Couldn't do it without you. So if you'd like to be a sponsor, help us out. Uh, you can go to our website and email us, and uh, you can connect with us, and we'd love to, to be a part. Love for you to be a part of what we do as well. Man, we're super thankful that you've joined us today and just the opportunity to share with you. Uh, we've been talking for weeks about the, the power of fellowship and community. And last week we talked about Noah, and we're going to kind of share a little bit about that in a few minutes. But uh, we're going to begin to shift gears a little bit and head into a different direction as we head toward the summer. And uh, we begin to kind of talk a little bit more about uh, just this relationship that we have with God and, and how we can have that relationship and and more about how that relationship impacts and can guide our decisions and our choices and and today we want to talk about our stories um you know as i was um studying noah last week and as i shared that with you um you think about stories in the bible that you hear you know stories that just seem uh, just crazy you know and just outlandish and and the incredible things that that god did and and how he work different things and as you read those stories many times you have a lot of questions and you wonder why certain things happen the way that they do and and how that um just how do, how do we know the answers to those questions and, and you know a lot of times in life there's things that that we just don't understand and we've talked about this over and over again and as we kind of begin to close this whole idea of the power of fellowship and community out i want i hope that if you haven't had a chance to listen to all these messages, I would love for you to go back and check them out. You can uh, find them on iTunes. Uh, if you'll look up uh, KFNY um, on, on the podcast section, uh, you can find Dig Deep. And all the episodes are cataloged there. Uh, you can also find them on our Facebook page. 
But the reason I'd love for you to go back is so you can begin to see and understand, maybe if you've missed some of these different messages that I've shared with you on Sunday mornings about just how powerful fellowship and community is. This is what it, it was all about. And I've said this over and over again, that that, that is uh, how Jesus Christ uh, came, or why Jesus Christ came, was to show us uh, who God is and, and how God wants us to understand um, how to love each other and, and how to be obedient to him and, and the, the purpose behind that. And, and so today, as we kind of move into a different transitional thing, I want you to know that the power of your story, the power of, of all that you face and as you go through it, how God can use that in your life for good. And as I think about my story, uh, because all of us have uh, you know, things that have happened, and if, if we had a chance just to sit down and listen uh, to your story and you could share that with me, man, I, I love hearing people's stories. I would love to hear your story. Um, I would love to hear how uh, things have happened in your life and maybe even difficulties that you've gone through and, and how you made it through because those are the things that, that we encourage other people with. And today our message, and just as we kind of go through this whole I, this whole um, time together, basically, I, I just want to share with you four different passages today. And I want to kind of surround everything we do around these four different scriptures. And I believe they're four scriptures that will uh, encourage you uh, because this past week, uh, there's been some really difficult things that have happened. And it's so funny because um, as you go through life, it, sometimes it just feels like, you know, that, that things, anything that can go wrong will go wrong. You know what I'm saying? You ever feel that way? Anything that could possibly twist and turn is going to do that in your life. And and then sometimes we, we look in our own lives and we think, man, I can't believe this is what I'm going through. I can't believe this is happening to me. But inevitably, something around us and someone that we know will be touched by something that as we look at life in a bigger picture, we think, man, they've got even worse than I ever dreamed of. This past week, I was honored, honestly, to be asked to be a part of a memorial service for a young lady who passed away way too soon in her early 20s. And and going to that and being around her parents, and I've been blessed to know this family for uh, for quite a while, um, and just, just talking to them. Um, and, and realizing that uh, this young lady who has a, a small child and uh, is, is not is just not going to be here anymore. And, and as you talk to this family, you talk to the mom, I talk to the mom and dad, you just realize the gravity of that and how, how precious every moment is. How precious every opportunity we have to be a part of someone's life or to be a uh, to, to be able to encourage someone or to love someone or to, to build a memory, to be a part of a moment with people, it's important. And I think that's the thing that I believe God has, has really spoken to me over and over again. Um, just as I look back over the week, I, I see how Jesus was, was living his life. And I see how over the past week of my life, I, I see how he's trying to show me and continue to teach me, Stephen, look, this is what matters most. It's investing your life in people. It's being a part of people's lives. It's sharing your story. It's sharing your heart with other people. And, and, and we all do it in different ways, as I've said before. I mean, my, my wife Donna is an incredible artist. And, and right now she has uh, spent, spent weeks on a big mural that she's painting for a friend of hers. And, and she's doing this just because she loves her friend and she wants to help her. And, and so she's got this exercise studio that she's putting together. And, and, um, and they do yoga and different things in there. And, and, and physical fitness. And so she had this mural that she wanted to paint. Well, that's Donna extending love and, 
and care toward her friend. It's fellowship and community. And as she's over there, she, she paints and they have conversations and, and all these things by simply utilizing her gifts to do that. You see, in my life, it's more about connecting with people outwardly. I'm more of an extrovert, so it's about conversations and connections and community and, and having the chance to be a part of a multiple people's lives and multiple families' lives. And as you're doing that, what I want you to see today is, is Jesus made this so clear to us. And the Word says it. As you are going, as you are spending time with people, then go and tell people about what God's done in your life. Go and tell people the victories you've had in your life. Go and tell people how you went through difficulty in your life and how you made it through. And for me, the only way that I was able to make it through anything that I've faced is through a relationship with Jesus Christ, knowing God. And as I've said over and over and over again, I can't convince anyone of anything. But what I can share with you today is that what I have found out is that by having that relationship with God, I know that at any moment, any time in my life that I, that I can turn to Him. And, and it becomes even more substantial as I recognize Him daily, as I begin to see His hand and understand the things that He's teaching me, as I begin to, to look back and learn about the life of Jesus Christ and how He uh, functioned and lived among people, as I begin to try to be more and more like Him, as I try to extend His love that He gives to me, to other people. Do you, do you see how that works? And so today, as this morning, wherever you are and wherever you're listening, I just want to encourage you to, to, to know that, that God is faithful and this family that is going through this incredible tra- tragedy that I can't even begin to understand by losing someone that, that's so young in her life and, and all the circumstances that now surround their life um, to be a part and to hear uh, their story, to hear how difficult they're, they're, what they're going through is, and just to be able to be there, you know, to be a present in those times. That's what, that's what Jesus taught us, you see, because that's where he was uh, in people's lives. That's who he was in people's lives. He was present. He was always there. And as he walked the earth, that's what he did. He looked for opportunities as God led him to be present with people, to spend time with people, to love people, to listen to people, to share with people, to hug people. I mean, I remember the story of Jesus Christ when he had all these children around him and the disciples got a little upset. These people that, the people that were following Jesus, they were like, you know, get these kids away. And Jesus said, no, 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 don't do that. In fact, he said, I'll tell you what, the kingdom of heaven is like these kids, like these children. They have faith, they believe, they, they understand. They believe everything's possible, anything's possible. He said, let the little children come unto me. Because those are the ones that inherit the kingdom of God. You know what he's saying? He's saying, listen, I need you as an adult to learn to trust me like these kids do. Don't push them away. That's why I'm here. I want to be a part of people's lives. This isn't about a performance. This isn't about a show. This isn't about doing it the way that you think that we should do it. It's about me doing and being obedient to what God has asked me to do. And so you see, that's what is important. If you remember in our story last week, we talked about Noah. And we look back in Genesis 6 and, and the story of Noah and how God asked Noah to do something that was incredibly difficult that didn't make sense at the time, honestly. He said, build a boat. And if you remember, there had never been a boat built at that, that time and that, that point in time in, in history. There had never been rain or a flood or anything like that. And so when God said, look, Noah, I'm going to send a flood and I'm going to cover the earth in water. I need you to build a boat because I've found favor with you. 
I found favor in your life and in your wife's life with your children's life and and I want to use you to to get things right to make things right can I tell you something today I believe that 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 we live in a time in in this day and age where God is looking in fact the Bible tells us um, that God's eyes are looking they're roaming the earth to and fro they're looking for someone he's looking for someone he can display his power through he can use you know how he wants to use you he wants to use your story. He wants you to use what you've gone through so that you can share that with other people. You know, there's a passage in Psalm 118. And the first passage I want to share with you today is found in Psalm 118. And it's down, and if you'll, you'll skip down, and I love the, the whole verse. It starts out by saying, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. And I know we wrestle with that. You know, I know we wrestle with this idea of, and is God good? And, and let me tell you something. I, again, I can't answer that question for you. But but for me, I have to say, yes, yes, he's good. And I have found him to be good. I always go back to what my buddy said, Scott, who lost his wife several years ago. And as we were talking that day, he said, you know what, Stephen? He said, I had to come to the place in my life where I realized that, you know, I didn't want to lose my wife. I didn't want her to die to die because of cancer. But at the end of the day, I had to come to the conclusion that God is still good and that even though this is something I don't understand, that God will be faithful through all that I face. That's what Jesus Christ understood. You see, in Psalm 118, verse 22, the Bible says this, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Now think about that. The stone is Jesus Christ. He's the one that was rejected. He came with a new way of living. He came with a new way of life. He came to show us who God is. He came to show us the power of fellowship and community. He came to show us how much God loves us. Remember John 3:16, For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. So today, this morning, is what, what I want you to see is that, you see, God sent his son into this world to show us who he is. But what was funny was that he was rejected. He had been ridiculed. In fact, he was crucified by the very people that he came to save. The religious people, the people that should have recognized him and knew who he was. They didn't. The reason they didn't because they had their own agenda. They had their own viewpoint. They had their own way of living. They had their own way of doing things. You see, what we need to understand is that when the psalmist says, the stone the builder rejected has become the cornerstone. He's the one that we build everything on. Jesus Christ is our example. He's the one that we model our lives after. And as you read the story of Jesus, as you read about the things that Jesus did, you read about the, the way Jesus lived, you, weigh, you read about the way Jesus interacted with people, how he responded to situations. You see, he's the cornerstone. He's what we build everything around. And then the Bible goes on to say in verse 23, the Lord has done this and it is marvelous in our eyes. Well, what does that mean? What it means is this, is that God did this for a reason so that we could come to the place where we understand, look, this is the way it's meant to be done. This is the way we were meant to live. Not to be critical, not to be discouraging, not to be negative, not to be all these things. To be some people, to be a group of people, or better yet, to be an individual that chooses to realize, look, this is the way God expects me to live. 
This is the way that God intended for things to be. And so I want to build my life on Jesus. God did it. Now watch, when we recognize that, it becomes marvelous in our eyes. You know what becomes marvelous? We see that every day is an opportunity. Even in the midst of the most incredible pain, even in the midst of the most incredible discouragement, even on days when we don't know what to do, even in moments in time that we cannot explain, we can understand, look, God's working. And if I build my life on Jesus and I set my sights on Jesus, if I learn more and more about Jesus, then I'm going to understand more about who God is and how faithful he is. Because the next verse says this, the Lord has done this very, done it this very day. Let us rejoice today and be glad. Lord, save us and grant us success, the Bible says. So in Psalm 118, what the psalmist is saying is, and listen, Jesus knows what it's like to be rejected. He was rejected. He was crucified. He paid the penalty for our sins. But in the midst of all of that, he became the cornerstone. He became who we built our life on. And when we see that and understand who he is and how we can have a relationship with him, it becomes marvelous in our eyes. In other words, we can see the big picture more clearly. And even though some things we'll never understand until we get to heaven, until this life ceases and we are in the presence of God, and everything becomes clear, as it says in 1 Corinthians 13, we can say the Lord has done it this very day. Has done what? Has made things marvelous. Has made things right. Has done things in our life and allowed us to understand who he is. He takes what's negative and turns it into something good. And then the psalmist says, so let us rejoice today and be glad. This is the verse that in some version says, this is a day the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. We don't rejoice in times. You know what? There's a family today that, that it's difficult to rejoice. How do you rejoice when you've lost someone that you love? How do you rejoice when things don't go the way that you expected them to go? When, how do you rejoice when you become angry because situations didn't, didn't happen the way that you, you expected them to happen or because you were wronged or because you were betrayed or because someone had interfered in your life in such a way and caused chaos? Those are difficult times to rejoice. But what the psalmist is saying, listen, understand, we have an example of someone that showed us exactly how we should live. His name is Jesus. If we build our life on him, then we can know, listen, he makes good things out of negative things. He turns negative into positive. He can change our circumstances. He can change, better yet, can change us in the midst of our circumstances, right? And that way, whatever you're facing today, if you would just stop right now and say, Lord, I don't understand why this is happening. God, I'm, I'm not even sure that, that, that I believe, but, but I know that what I'm doing now isn't working. I know that what, what I'm experiencing in my life now, I need something different. And Lord, if, if what Stephen is saying is true, God, I put my faith in your word. I put my faith in Jesus and I trust him. And I know that God, you're doing things this very day and God, that I can rejoice in the midst of it and be glad because I know that ultimately you're in control. Ultimately, you have my best interest in mind. And as we've said over and over again each week, folks, listen, every good and perfect gift, the Bible says in James 1, it comes from the Father of lights, 
Every good and perfect gift comes from God. Death, disease, sickness, all this junk, all the issues we face, all the negative in this world is a result of sin. And so when troubles come our way, when difficulties we face are there, God is working and when we put our faith in Jesus Christ and we let him be the cornerstone that we build everything on, when he's the foundation of our life, then from that point forward, we can begin to build and become the person God wants us to be. And the Bible says in Psalm 40 that many will see and many will fear the Lord. Why? Because he set your feet upon a rock. What rock? The rock of Jesus Christ. Do you get it? Do you see this morning? He is solid. He is stable. He will sustain you. He will deliver you from the addiction. He will help you in the midst of the chaos. He will help you in the financial struggles that you face. He will help you understand why many times. And even though you may not have the answer, you can know that ultimately he's in control. As a youth pastor, there was a song I used to play at all the retreats that we went to. I loved playing. In fact, I played it this week uh, for the football team that I serve each week here in in Forney, uh, over at North Forney High School. And, and as I was playing some music for the football team, uh, we had practiced this week earlier one day because of some situations that happened at the school. And so they couldn't have school. And so the, the boys were, uh, were able to come up and practice a little earlier. And, and as, we were, as we were practicing, this is a song that I played. It's by a band called Out of Eden. And, and I want you to listen to it because it's based on this verse. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. It's called Lovely Day. We're going to listen to it. We'll come back and talk about it.
So, that song basically kind of cut off on us there for a minute. So basically the whole deal of the song, I love the song because it talks about how that in the midst of, of all that we face and we go through, that that God is going to make it right. And, and I don't want to read the words to you because as we're, we're talking about this, and, and I want to, we're going to bring this to, back to this idea of, of the power of fellowship and community. You see, Jesus understood. So we've talked about how in Psalm 118 that Jesus Christ was the cornerstone, right? He was the foundation. Now he was rejected, right? But in the midst of the rejection that he experienced, he was faithful to be exactly what God asked him to be. He was able to press through all that he faced. And in the midst of that, he loved people. He extended grace to the those that needed it. He forgave those that were sinners. He brought forgiveness for all mankind by giving his life. God raised him from the dead, giving us life. And so he's the foundational cornerstone of all of our lives and when we build our life on him then he is able to make all things right for us he's able to bring peace in the midst of chaos he's able to give us grace that we that's beyond our understanding it's like paul said in philippians 4 that when when we're not anxious about things but we pray about everything in verse 7 it says that a peace will come upon our lives that is beyond our understanding. It's unexplainable. And, and God does this for us. That's what the whole song says. The song says, when troubles come my way, I look to you and everything becomes okay. When help seems to disappear, I look to you and everything becomes clear. And so they're saying, hard nights turn into hard days and I long to see your face and blue skies turn to gray. When I look to you, I know it's going to be a lovely day. You see, that's what the psalmist was saying. This is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. It doesn't mean that we're happy. Can I under, happiness is, listen, happiness does not define joy. Happiness is not joy. Joy is a, a state of being. Happiness is a feeling that's fleeting. People are always looking for happy. Well, he just doesn't make me happy anymore. They don't make me happy. This doesn't make me happy. Here's the deal. Happiness is not going to satisfy our souls. It's not going to satisfy our mind, our will, and our emotions. But joy will. That's, that's why the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. That's what the song's saying. Is that when I wake up in the morning and everything's kind of out of control and, and, I, and, and my mind has got heaviness on it, I look to you. And the world's all right. Just one look to you, and I know it's going to be a lovely day. And that's what the whole song, I love the song by Bill Withers, the the lovely day song, which is what they patterned the song after. But he keeps going, and it says, when the day that lies ahead of me seems impossible to face, and when someone else instead of me always seems to know the way, I got to look to you. You're the one that has the answers. And, And so that's what I want us to see, is that, we individually, this morning, listen, no one can do this for you. No one. No one can do it for me. You and I have to individually choose. Look, what I'm doing is not working. What, what is the definition of insanity? It's doing the same thing over and over and over again. It's, it's not about performing for God. It's not about impressing God. It's not about doing enough for God. That's not it. It's about us building our life on Jesus realizing what he did for us just like the psalmist said letting him be the cornerstone of our life 
Like Psalm 40 says, he lifted me up out of a pit, out of the mud mire, and he set my feet upon the rock. What rock? The rock of Jesus Christ. It's just like Jesus told Peter, look, upon this rock, I will build my church. I will build my community. I will build my ecclesia. That was Jesus. And so we have to build our life on him. And we have to trust in the midst of everything we face that he is working a plan. He has a purpose. And as we trust him in that purpose and we build our life on him, that he will order our steps. The, the second verse that, that I want to share with you today is in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. And, and I've shared this with you before. But Galatians 6, the whole chapter, is an, in, is an incredible chapter. But it, it comes down to this place where Paul is talking and, and he's sharing about doing good to other people and, and, and realizing that whatever we sow, that we're going to reap. And he gets down to verse 9 and he says, Look, don't get weary in doing good. For at the proper time... We will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Then listen to this. Therefore, as we have opportunity. Now, this is where it gets good. I hope you're listening this morning. This is, good. This is when it gets good. Is that, therefore, in verse 10, so we're in Galatians 6, verse 10. We've just read, let us not get weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we're going to reap a harvest if we do not give up. And this is, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. All people, especially to those that belong to the family of believers. Stephen, what do you mean? I mean that what we choose to do individually, how we respond to God individually, how we allow Christ to be the center or not the center of our life, if he is the foundation of our life, then from that point, we are able to do good to other people. We can keep pressing on. Listen, God sent me here this morning to tell somebody, look, don't quit. Don't give up. Put, let Christ be the foundation of your life. Just call out to him. Lord, I believe in you. Lord, I trust you. Listen, this isn't about going to, to a place. This isn't about going to a place or doing the right thing. This is about a simple decision that only you can make. Going to church does not save you. It doesn't. Going to church, going to a congregation of people is about connecting with other believers, which is first references. But you can't connect with other people. You cannot connect with believers the way that you want to and the way that God desires you to unless you first have this relationship with Jesus. Because then he's the foundation. He orders things for your life. Your dependency is on him. You want to model your life after him. You want to follow him. And then as you follow him, then you are able to do good to other people. You are able to help other people. With what? With what you've been through. What you've experienced. Do you see? You see the power of fellowship and community. This whole concept begins with Jesus. He came, was sent by God to make a way for us. He came to show us who God is. He came to show us how God intends for us to live. And when we study his life and we read about his life and we see how he responded to people, that is what changes people's lives. And as he changes your life, and he changes my life at those points, then we are able to see this fulfilled. 
Because it's like Paul says before this passage. If we do things just to please ourselves, if we're all about ourselves, listen, we're going to reap destruction. But when we do what pleases Jesus and the Spirit, His presence in our life, then we get eternal life. And we are able to share that life with other people. And He says we can do good for all people, especially those that are in the family of believers. I hope you see that today. And if you're out there today and you're listening this morning, and as you listen, I I hope that, that God would speak to your soul, that the Holy Spirit, Jesus, his presence would reach out to you and that you would realize you're not alone. That you would realize that it's not about how good you can be. That you would realize That even though you may look back and have a sordid past, and you may have just chaos after chaos after chaos, destruction after destruction after destruction, in the midst of all that, I I pray that you can realize that as the psalmist said, that he is the cornerstone and that he made this day. And it's a day that you can rejoice And be glad. Why? Because you don't have to do this by yourself anymore. Because you can be forgiven. Because you are not alone. And it can be a lovely day. It doesn't mean it has to be a happy day. It doesn't mean that you have to just be... Have a smile on your face and think everything's okay. But it means that in the midst you can have joy, resolve to know that, that I'm, I'm going to make it. Why? Because of Jesus. He's going to bring me through this. And as he does bring you through it, then you are able to share that message with other people. And that's where we encourage each other. There's a passage that, that I want to share with you in a moment, but, but I want to first share another song with you. And, and it's a song by a band called Switchfoot. And, and this, this song is going to kind of set us up as we kind of move toward the, the end of our broadcast today. But the song is, is something that it's called Meant to Live. And, and, and I love this band because they write such powerful lyrics and the lyrics are based out of the circumstances of their lives. They are written from a place of many times despair and discouragement and heartache and pain. But in the midst of every song, there's a confident resolve that they know, look, my life is built on the rock of Jesus Christ, on that cornerstone. And this is how we were meant to live. But we lose sight of what we were meant to be. We lose sight of what it was all about. And I want you to listen to this song. And we're going to come back and talk about it here in a few minutes.
Sometimes I love to play these songs and, and even replay them just so we can kind of refocus a little bit on what they're all about. And, and, and I love the line that says, we were meant to live for so much more. Have we lost ourselves? I think so often, not only have we lost ourselves, but I think many times in our lives that, that we never found ourselves. And because here's the thing, we're looking outwardly for what can only be changed internally. You and I were meant to live, we want more than what this world's got to offer. And you may think, well, I don't really understand what that means. There's something inside, and one of the lines of the song says, and everything inside screams for second life, for something different. Because here's the thing is that if we live according to the the patterns of this world, if we live according to what this world says and what what we believe, what what the world says that we should have, money and fame and success and beauty and and all these things if if those are our focal points if we focus on what we can have and what we can do that's what this song's saying we we want more than that deeply internally we'll find ourselves it's just like the song says it we want more than the wars of our fathers that's a choice 
Many times, you know, isn't, isn't it funny? Have you ever noticed how the very thing that, that you did not want to become was the very thing you find yourself becoming? I mean, I've, I've seen it over and over again. Maybe those that grew up in families who had fathers that were, were alcoholics and, and just vowed that I'll, I'll never go down that path. Somehow we find ourselves trickling toward that direction. We, we, we find ourselves in, in families that maybe went through divorce and, and then later in life, we, as a children, we think, I'll never do that to my kids. But then we find ourselves at that same crossroad. We see ourselves replaying patterns that have been played in the past. And, and what the song is saying is, look, we, we've lost something. We, we need something. You see, you were born into this life. You were born into this world. And you, you and I both, all of us were born, the Bible says, into sin. We were all born lost and needing to be found. And that's what we need to understand. That's what Paul was saying. Listen, we can sow, we can, we can choose to make decisions in our life for ourselves and for our, as he put it, our flesh, what we desire. But he says that it's going to end up in destruction. Do you, do you know the Bible says, the Bible says that, that there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end leads to destruction. Now think about that. There's a way that seems right to a man, but, but the end result is destruction. That's found in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12. There's a way that appears to be right, but death is the end of it. You see, because what we choose to do and in our own our own choices and our own decision making, we're just going to mess things up. We are. Man, I've done it over and over and over again. But as we recognize that in the midst of the chaos and in the midst of the struggle, in the midst of all the things that we face in life, if we will choose to allow Jesus Christ to be the cornerstone, to be the foundation of our life, if we will give him control of our life, allow him to change us and form us into his image, Allow God to be the center of all that we do and let God shape us so that we can live like Jesus, speak like Jesus, love like Jesus, act like Jesus, give like Jesus gave, think like Jesus thought. To have the mind of Christ. That's why Paul wrote in Romans chapter 12 in verse 1, he says, look, I'm begging you, I'm begging you to present your bodies to God as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto, unto God, which is your reasonable act of worship. He's saying, listen, I'm begging you, listen, don't do it your way. This morning, I'm, I'm speaking to somebody, and I'm saying, listen, quit doing it your way. Allow God to have control. The business has failed, not because God is, is angry or because God, the business failed because of choices we made. The, the marriages failed because of our choices. And yes, there are things that we can't control. There are things that are beyond our understanding. But even in the midst of that, if we go to the core of it, it was because of a choice that was made in the very beginning. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, then death and destruction and pain and heartache, all that stuff entered into the world. Why? Because of sin. God sent Jesus to make a way. Listen, we don't do everything for our children, do we? And if we do, then we have children that grow up thinking that they're entitled to whatever they want. It's the same way in our relationship with God. Love forced is not love at all. 
I am an advocate, and you've heard me say this before, but we cannot blame everything on God. God is good, and in him there is no darkness. Only good comes out of him. And you say, well, Stephen, that doesn't make any sense. Well, then why is all the bad here? Because of sin, because of choice, because of decisions that have been made. A good father, a good mother will teach their children truth and will not give their children the things that they know their kids don't need, even if their kids throw a fit. I want to tell you something. One of the, one of the most interesting places in the world is, is a checkout line at Walmart standing behind a mom and a dad with a two-year-old child. They have to walk through that tunnel of doom that I call it where every type of candy, every type of gum, every type of little thing is set purposefully so that we'll do some kind of impulse buying right there before we check out. And kids walk through that, and then they see something they want, and then they begin to throw a fit, right? And you watch how those parents respond. Some parents respond, and and believe me, I've responded every way possible in that moment. I've taken the piece of candy and said, here, take it, shut up. And then there's been times when I said, no, you can't have that. And I've punished them for throwing a fit. We all respond differently. But can I tell you something? That's the image that I want you guys to have in your mind. Because that's the image that I want you to understand. We are by nature, from the time we're born, selfish. And we want what we want. God, in his nature, is good. And he is a good, good father. And a good father knows what his children need and when they need it. And he is the one we build our life on. And when we do, though things happen we don't understand, though we make choices that that we shouldn't make, in the midst of all of that, we can know that God is good. And so we, like Paul says, he says, look, I'm begging you, give your life to God. And then he goes on in in, in Romans 12, verse 2, he says, And don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you can prove what is that good and acceptable will of God. He says, change. Change the way you think. Let God change the way that you think. Let his word lead your decision making. Let his principles guide how you respond to people. Let him be the one that you depend upon. And then at that point, we can understand, just like Switchfoot just saying, look, we were meant to live for so much more. How many of us fall so short because of the pain and the selfishness that we experience in our lives? And God wants us to experience more. And that's why Paul said those words. That's why he said, don't quit doing what's good. Choose it. Let God guide you through it. Now I want to bring this to a close. The next verse I want to share with you is in Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. And, and I love this verse. And I believe I've quoted it before. But, it, but it's talking about the end of time and, and it's explaining some things that are at times hard to understand. But, it, but it's kind of talking about when, when everything kind of comes to a conclusion and war breaks out and, and God and his angels and they fight and, and they, they take the enemy and they, they throw him out of heaven. He's hurled down. And, and the loud voice speaks up. And it says, now 
have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of God and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. Now watch this. This is the verse I want you to see. They have triumphed. They being the people that choose to make Christ their foundation. They have, they have triumphed. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus or the blood of the Lamb. And watch this. And the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. And basically it's talking about choices. It's talking about decisions. And what I want you to see is this. Is that we can triumph over the enemy. We can triumph over this life and over the 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 issues and the struggles of this life. How? By allowing Jesus Christ to be the center of our life. By the blood of Jesus, it says. By what he did for us. How he lived. How he showed us. And then this is the part I want you to see. And then it says, they triumphed over him, over the enemy, over circumstance, over struggles, over death, over confusion, over financial chaos, over divorce, over wrong choices, over our sinful past. We triumph over all of that through Jesus and by the word of their testimony. You see, this is where I want you to, which, where I want you to go. Everything leads to this point. Is that you and I, all of us, we come to a place in our life where we have to make a choice. What do we believe? And when we choose to build our life on the cornerstone, the rock, Jesus Christ, we pattern our life after him individually. The Bible says that's how we triumph. It's through Jesus. It's through him. And guess what? They overcame all that junk by the blood of Jesus, by his life, and the word of their story, the word of their testimony. This is what was meant earlier when Paul said, listen, find ways to speak to people. Find ways to share with people because that's how we defeat the enemy. That's how we defeat our circumstances. That's how every great recovery group is formed. It's formed around the center, a core. It's formed around the rock of what we believe and for me, that is in Jesus Christ. And it's found in sharing our story. Because the power that those issues and struggles have over us dissipates when we verbally speak out and share with others what we've gone through. I'm going to have a chance to do that this evening. To sit down with a, a young man that has battled through all kinds of issues. And to sit down at, at Waffle House and, and talk and listen to his story and share my story. It's not that I tell people what to do. I don't. And I don't want to tell people what to do. But what I do want to do is I want to share what I have found to be true about Jesus. I want to share how he's changed my life. I still struggle. I still battle. I'm codependent. I worry about what other people think. I battle through my issues. I have to face all kinds of things. I get bitter. I get angry. I get resentful. I look at other people's lives. I compare. I do all that. We all do. But at the end of the day, does that control me? Or does Jesus control me? And then I share with others. This is who I am. The mentors in my life have been great for me. 
The people that taught me the most in life have been the men that spoke honestly about their own failures, have been the people and the couples that spoke into my wife and I's life about their struggles and their failures. They didn't come into our circumstance and try to tell us what to do. They told us what they had learned to do. They told us how they had failed. They told us how they had struggled. And they shared with us how they overcame. And every time, it was not because of anything that they had done. It was everything that Jesus had done in their lives. That's what I am passionate about. That's why I want to be around people. That's why I want to have fellowship and community with people. Because I want them to see in my life what Jesus has done. Not what anybody else has done for me, but what he has done for me. I cannot make it without him. He gives me peace in the midst of circumstances when I do not know what to do. He helps me overcome issues and struggles in my life. He is the source of everything that I am. And I want to share that with other people. The last verse I want to share with you tonight, or this morning, is in Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 through 25. And the Bible says this. He says, listen. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, in verse 22, with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts cleansed from a guilty conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. In other words, Jesus has taken control. And then listen to verse 23. And let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we can spur one another on, encourage each other toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some of them are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Listen, this morning I want you to understand you are not alone. You're not alone. We all have failed. We all have struggled. The difference is if you can come to the place as we began in Psalm 118, where we realize that Jesus Christ is the cornerstone. He's the rock and I want to build my life on him. I want to learn everything about him. I want to understand how he wants me to live. And, and then in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, and, and let us not give up doing good. Let us not quit doing good. Let us trust that if we press on and build our life on Christ and we keep obeying what he asks us to do and we live our lives like he calls us to live our lives and we keep pressing through, then in due time, then we will reap a harvest of good. And then just like Revelation 12, 11 says, that we overcome our struggles, our past, our issues. We overcome them, how? By the blood of Jesus, by Jesus Christ. And what else? By the word of our testimony. We share that with other people. And then like Hebrews says, we hold on to that. We do not give up. We hold on to the hope we have in Jesus because what he promised is faithful. And then we look for ways to encourage and spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And we don't give up meeting together. We come together. We look for opportunities to hang out together. And can I tell you, that is not confined to the walls of a church. That is not simply out in the foundational. That doesn't mean that. It means in the context of life. 
It means come together. Yes, in the congregation, absolutely. But it also means come together collectively as individuals, as people at a ball game, in, in a restaurant, in a, in a situation, sitting down and helping each other. And all the more as you see the day approaching. So I hope today that you see this morning, first of all, that, that wherever you are and whatever you're facing, that, that God has brought you to this place and time in your life. And he's allowed you, rather, to be here. And though these negative, difficult things that we look at, think, God, why did you let this happen? We don't have the answers to that. But we do understand that everything that's negative in this life is a result of sin. It's a result of what God did not do, but what we chose to do and what others have chosen to do. And so in the midst of all of that, we understand that every good and perfect gift comes from God. So what do we do? We put our faith in Him. We hold unswervingly to that hope because we know that He is faithful and we trust Him. So as we close today, I hope that you will see that. This morning, I hope that that, that prayer can permeate your life today and that you can know that, that man, God is faithful. You know, next week I'm going to get to this song and I'm going to listen to it as in, in its entirety. We've only got just a few seconds left and I ran out of time again. But it's called Sinking Deep it's by Hillsong United. And next week I'm going to play the whole song because it's such an incredible song. But today as we close, I want to pray for you and I want to ask God to bless your day. Father, I pray for these people as they listen today. Lord, every person, wherever they are, in their car, on their couch, in their home, wherever they may be listening, I pray, God, that they would build their life on you, the cornerstone, Jesus Christ, that they would trust you to be faithful in the midst of all that they face, and that they would realize that, God, in the midst of all this chaos and all these struggles and all these issues, that, God, you are not only faithful, but that you'll love and give grace and forgiveness to all of us. And when we put our faith in you, that you'll help us do all that we face, and just like Paul says in Philippians 4, you'll give us a peace that's beyond our understanding. And then just like the verse we just read says, we can encourage other people with our stories. We can share what you've done for us. And that's how we triumph. That's how we overcome. Today, I pray that for everyone listening to the sound of my voice and that God, you would speak to them and that they would just simply say a prayer and say, God, I believe that they would make the choice in their soul with their mind to believe in you. Confess that you are Lord and that you are in control and that God, you, you can save them. And the Bible says you will and you'll guide them in all that they do. Pray your blessing on everyone listening and everyone that will listen. We ask this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Be blessed today. Thank you for joining in with Dig Deep this morning. We'll see you next week. We'll be praying for you. Look us up. We'd love to hear from you. We'll talk to you soon.